All right, so where are my kiddos at? If you are, if you are a, a child in here today, okay, not if you act childishly, okay, if you are a child, okay, would you raise your hand high for me because Mr. Jimmy has some stuff for you. Um, you need to get a coloring sheet and a, some, a note page that Miss Bree made. Let's hear it for Miss Bree. Thanks for making that, Miss Bree. And here's the cool thing. If you will do this, color a picture, and take some notes of what at least one thing that we're talking about today, I have a fabulous prize for each and every one of you, and it'll sugar your kids up, and it'll be great for you parents, okay? Give it to them when you got to hand them off to somebody, so it's going to be great. So at the end of the service, you come bring the crayon and that thing up to me, and uh, we'll make sure you get one of those, and uh, so, yeah, that sounds good. We see, is Jimmy still doing his thing? Anybody? Oh, there he is. Okay, I didn't know. How did I miss Jimmy? Like, he's, like, so tall. That's awesome. All right, so, all right, it's coming around to you. Hold on. So, I also need you to notice this. There's some things under here that you're going to need to see, children and adults. So, bear with me. Okay, you ready? We're going to be in Psalm 100. By the way, I want to make, make, uh, make it known that we have a, uh, a very important person in our midst who uh, has been gone all summer with Vacation Bible School. Olivia Garcia is back after like 100 vac- Vacation Bible Schools. Welcome back. We're so glad that you're here. We're going to be in Psalm 100 today. We're going to do a series in the book of Psalms, a short one, um, and we'll be in Psalm 100. If you don't know where that is, crack in the middle of your Bible. If you don't have a Bible, look up here. It'll be on the screen, Psalm 100. I would like to read it to you. Good thing it's five short verses, okay? Psalm 100 says, make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. Now, the first part of this, let's see, I might have a problem because this is a globe, sort of. It's actually a beach ball. It didn't work out. Hold on. Bear with me. Technical difficulty. Okay, there we go. You see this? It's amazing that I have this um, on my person. This is a beach ball. You guys see this right here, kiddos? This is a beach ball that um, also is a globe, okay? You know where we are right here? This is, is North America. We are located right here on this globe. Can everybody see this? Can everybody see this globe? This, this, and for some unbeknownst reason, I had three of these at my house. I, I have a problem. I'm, I, I really do. I don't know why I had three of these at my house. But it turns out it, it was a good thing. And I've had these for a long time. And I just thought it was interesting because this Psalm 1 is talking about everybody on the planet. It's very rare when, when something applies to everyone on the planet. Am I right? Because a lot of times there's an exception. There's, there's an exception. Most, you could say everybody on the planet walks, but that's not, that's not the case. There's been people who've been injured, people who were born that couldn't walk, and so they couldn't do that. Everybody on the planet sees. Well, that's not true. Not everybody can see. There's very few things that just apply to everyone on the face of the planet. 
However, God gives us some things that apply to everyone on the face of the planet, including me, you, your mom, dad, your grandma, everybody. Psalm 100 says this, make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Then it says in verse 2, serve the Lord with gladness, come into his presence with singing. Then verse 4, it says, it says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to the Lord. Bless his name. The first one is, make a joyful noise to the earth, all, or make a joyful noise to the Lord, all of the earth. So everybody, kids, look at me right here. God is to be praised by every single person on the planet. Every person. How about in India? Yeah. How about China? Yeah. How about Canada? Eh? Yeah, Canada. How about Mexico? Yes. How about South America? Absolutely. How about Antarctica? Yes, there's a few people there. Nobody's from there except for penguins, okay? I, I think penguins are there, okay? And, and th even people who are in Antarctica, the ones who are there studying Antarctica are supposed to praise God. Every person on the face of the planet is supposed to praise God. And the first verse of Psalm 100 says this. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all of the earth. Now, when you think of a joyful noise, a lot of time, if you've been in church for a while, when you hear a joyful noise, you know what you think about? You think about somebody who can't sing but's trying. Like, you know, the first part when American Idol was on, it's like, oh, okay, I mean, you're just getting it. Thank you, Jesus. I mean, like that, like, just not, and you're thinking like, I can't sing, but I'm making a joyful noise. That is good, and you can do that, but that's not exactly what this word means. It kind of is like making an exclamation. It's kind of like this. I went to a concert. My wife and I went to a concert um, a couple of days ago, uh, a couple of weeks ago, and we went to this concert, and the person who was, who was the lead singer of this band that we went to see, when he walked out, you know what everybody did? For some reason, we all think when somebody walks out, you're supposed to go, woo! I don't know what woo means, but it woo happened, okay? You ever been to a concert? Doesn't matter who it is, woo! Okay, and you got one person that does like, woo! like all the time, and you're like, please stop. This is Nashville. Okay, you can you get it, all right? Well, no, this isn't Nashville, but we're close, so you're good, all right? You've heard that before. Woo! Okay, woo! Yeah! And what happened? They just kind of erupt, people erupted in applause very soon. Someone told me this. I heard this on the radio. This is the last weekend without football. You, some, of you, some of you folks are like, that's terrible. This is the last weekend without football for the entire year. <laughs> some are like, yes. Some are like, oh, man, I even heard it. When the, the team runs out on the field, whether it's on the Creek Bank or in Nissan Stadium or one of the college ones, which I won't mention because that's a, that's a sore point for all of us here, okay? Wherever that happens, when that team emerges, a shout comes up. An applause is raised. The idea of singing to the Lord or making a joyful noise to the Lord is an a exclamation of praise, almost like a round of applause that emerges. So all of the earth, every part of it, which is represented by this beach ball that looks like a globe, is supposed to come and praise and raise a shout to God. 
And then he goes on and, and he further, it talks about how are we supposed to, everybody everywhere on the face of the planet is supposed to worship God. And then he talks about how, or, or he gives more reasons why. What does that look like? How are we supposed to worship? In verse 2 it says, serve the Lord with gladness, come into his presence with singing. Serve the Lord with gladness. So we're, everybody on the earth is supposed to worship God. Well, how do you do that? Because sometimes we, we get confused at what worship is, and the psalmist helps us realize what it is. Now, first, I want you to do something. What do you think for a minute? We're going to see some things repeat themselves in the psalms. You know that? A lot. The psalms repeat themselves a whole lot. Do you know what? A lot of times we say, I've heard that before. Hey, some of you kids, you just started school back in Trousdale County, right? Am I right, kiddos? Some of you will start back, whether you're homeschooled or you're going to a different county. When that happens, do you know what's going to happen? Your teachers are going to review things you've already learned. And so some of you are going to be like, I've already learned this, okay? I don't need to know it again. Parents, you know what I'm talking about. You've seen that look and the head shake, okay? I don't need to learn my ABCs, okay? I don't need that, all right? Why do they review? Because sometimes we forget, especially when summer happens. We forget. Adults? Every morning, unless you are just like one of those people who wakes up on time every time with like a song in their heart, which I don't know many people, I wake up with a desire for coffee and, and I like death. <laughs> the, what do you need every morning? An alarm clock. Why do you need that? So you will get your hindquarters out of the bed. Do you ever wake up, oh, the alarm again? Yeah, you may not like it, but why do you need it? Because you need a reminder every day to go to work so that you can pay for what your kids need, right? I don't see people, well, the alarm clock's just real repetitive, okay? It's telling you the thing again and again, and the Bible tells us things again and again because we forget them. All the earth should praise God, but sometimes our hearts feel cold and dark and shriveled up. And we need the alarm clock of God's word to be like, worship God, he is great. He deserves the applause of praise from his people. And it involves this, serving the Lord with gladness. So worship involves serving the Lord. Here's what serving the Lord basically means, is doing what he says. Kids, have your parents ever told you to do anything? Yes. And have you always done it? No. Do you know what you're doing right there when you tell them, when you don't, when you don't do what they say? You are, in, in effect, saying you're not showing them that you love them because you won't listen to them. Also, when we don't, when, when, have you ever done this before? Your parent says, clean your room. Any of you kids ever had to clean your room before? How many of you, when your mom or dad says, clean your room, you're like, yes! There may be one of you in here is like, yes, I get to organize. Yes, that's my favorite thing to do. No. What is it? Usually you're like, and even if you say yes, because you know the hammer's coming if you give toot, okay? You're like, mm, I don't want to clean my room. Like, oh, I don't want you to live, okay? I mean, that's that, that you're worried, okay? So what do you do? You say, yes, ma'am, yes, sir, and you walk to your room, and then you're when I grow up, I'm never going to clean my house. No, that's not true. You're going to do it all the time, okay? Here's the deal. 
serving the Lord is part of we're doing what he says. And one of the things he says to do is to sing and to come together corporately and to live a life of worship. Here's the thing. If you say you love God, your actions show that you love God. And that is a part of worship. And so serving the Lord with gladness, that is not the grumbling and complaining of someone who is doing something that, that, that they don't want to do with a bad heart. It's not the, yes, I'll clean my room, but in your heart. It's a serving the Lord with gladness. So here's the thing. If you say you worship God and your actions don't follow and you don't obey him, you're violating, the word, violating him and you're not really worshiping. It doesn't matter how great you sing. How many people have you seen on, like, if you saw somebody on Sunday and they were all like, Jesus, okay, holy rolling, all about him. On Sunday, they were the super Christian. On Sunday, they had their Bible open. On Sunday, they sang the songs. On Sunday, they worshiped God. On Sunday, they obeyed Jesus. But then, Monday through Saturday, they did not do it at all. Would you think that that person was an amazing Christian? No. You would throw the word hypocrite around. You would say two-faced. You would say all of those different things that would apply. Why? Because you can't just have a Sunday religion. All of the earth at all times, everybody everywhere should worship and applaud God with their lives and with their lips everywhere, all the earth. It says, Psalm 100, make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth, serve the Lord with gladness, come into his presence with singing. Here's the thing, we serve by doing what he commanded, and here's what God commands us to do, whether you're good at it or not, whether you're, you can carry a tune in a bucket or you can't, God has commanded you to sing. I know that's weird. I know that's uncomfortable, but guess what? A lot of God's commandments are uncomfortable and sometimes weird. Don't covet. That's really hard for me because I want what other people have. Okay, so if it's hard for you, then you don't have to do it. That'll work out real well, right? Because your kids do that all the time. Go clean your room. Oh, I don't want to. It's so hard. The clothes weigh a million pounds. I've made such a mess. I can't do it. Oh, and then what are you going to do? Oh, okay. Just don't do it. You're setting them up to, to, be, to be just have a terrible adulthood, if that's the case, right? No, just don't do it if it's hard. Don't do it if it's weird. Don't do it if it's awkward. No. To worship God means to serve him and do what he says. And to do what he says, one of the things he says, is un- and some of the things he says are uncomfortable and difficult for us. We're supposed to do it with gladness. Only God can put a gladness in our heart to obey, okay? Just, just know that. And then thirdly, we see here is we're supposed to come into his presence with joyful singing, come into and, and to sing songs. If you like it or not, that's the command. So if you're going to serve, you do it. Part of, the, part of Christian worship is to sing. That's one of the reasons why we're bringing the kids in here is to, is to let them see what, what worship of God looks like. 
and we need to we need to serve the Lord with singing. So how we come to the Lord by serving Him? We come joyfully. We come singing. If you go down real quick into verse four, it says, "Enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him. Bless His name." Now here's the idea. He in this verse it says again. Let me read. Enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Here's in the Old Testament. You guys know what the Old Testament comes before the New Testament. Okay, that makes sense. Old Testament's the first several or is the first several books of the Bible. New Testament begins when Jesus shows up on the scene. Old Testament, you know what happens? God dealt God's presence was seen physically with his people through two things. Tabernacle is the first one, and the temple is the second one. Everybody say tabernacle with me. One, two, three, tabernacle. That was pretty good. Let's all do it together. Everybody say tabernacle with me. One, two, three, tabernacle. The tabernacle was this. It was a tent, and the people carried around this tent when they were on the exodus, coming out of Egypt, going to the promised land, and the tent would be set up whenever they'd camp, and it was at the center of the people. And you know what had happened? God would come, and his presence would rest on the tabernacle. And he would invite people in to worship him. There was an outside area to the tabernacle, and there was an inward part of the tabernacle. And then there was a holy, holy part that was where God's presence was that no one would come in. But when it was time to worship, you know what the people would do? They would get ready, and they would come in, and they would enter into the gates of the tabernacle. Which at that point was kind of like basically kind of cloth and, and set up because it was temporary, but eventually there would be a temple that was built that reflected and looked like the tabernacle. And when people would come to worship at that time, they would have to go into a physical place and they would have to enter into these gates, and that's what the psalmist is talking about. And it's a physical picture that helps us understand a spiritual truth because when Jesus came, here's what happened. The veil that separated the Holy of, Holy, Holy of Holies from the rest of the temple where people would come and worship was split in two. And here's the good thing. Now, when God's people come to worship publicly, we see a picture of what happened in the Old Testament where we are praising God and his presence is with us. And this is a call to worship God in verse 3, to come into his gates with thanksgiving and praise. is a call to corporate worship. Here's the thing. If you want to grow spiritually, you need to be involved in worship with God's people. Just, that's what you need. That's the first step. Even if you don't know how to grow, you need to be consistent and come regularly to praise God with his people and to make a joyful song. That's what the psalmist is calling these people to. Come into his gates. Come into his courts. Come in to the, where the people. God is everywhere, yes. And yes, you can worship God when you're on the lake. But here's the thing. If you're married, you don't have to go home. But it's a good idea. Right? If you're a student and you need to pass a grade, you don't have to go to school necessarily. But it's a good idea. You know why? Because the teachers are supposed to be there to help you to learn and get what you need to pass the test and to do, to, to, to do that. It's a good idea. You may not have to go to school to pass it, but, or you may not have to do, you know, that. But you may not have to go to school. You may not have to wake up and do class. But it sure does help to pass. The same thing is true with, with the Christian life. You may not have to go to church regularly to be a believer. But you see the pattern in the Bible that every person who comes to faith in Christ enters into a, a, enter, enters into a small group of people or a church of people to worship with. And if you want to grow as a Christian... You need the people of God. 
And this is a reminder. This is not a guilt trip. You know what a guilt trip is? You ever been on a guilt trip? It's trying to get somebody to do something because they're guilty or to make them feel guilty. Like, you may have done this when you're carrying the groceries in before. No one comes out to help you. And you just, like, add a little extra. Oh, this bread is so heavy. I had to get sodas. I had to get dishwashing liquid. I had to get all this stuff. It's so heavy. I sure wish someone would have helped me. That's passive-aggressive guilt trip. Don't live there. It's not good for anyone, okay? So this is not that. This is a reminder like the alarm clock, which tells you, I don't know where you've been. I don't know what you've done before. But if you're right now, if you're coming and regularly joining with us or at the place where you want to regularly join with us in worship, I encourage that because you won't grow as a Christian. And you won't praise God like you ought unless you are connected with his people. That's what the psalmist is calling. Everyone, everywhere, on the face of the planet, come worship God. Make a joyful noise to him. Serve the Lord with gladness. Obey him. Come into his presence with joyful singing. Verse 4, enter into gates. Come into public worship with thanksgiving. So part of worship is giving thanks to who God is and what God has done for us, and there's a lot of it. And often, if we don't, if we don't have somebody to remind us, we don't have the people of God to remind us and the Word of God to remind us about being thankful, we will not be thankful, and we will always want more and not be content with what God's given us and seen. Am I right? We're going we're gonna to be in a place where we only can see ourselves and we can't see God and coming together to worship with the publicly with the people of God and coming to his word opens us. It's an alarm clock that reminds us that all the earth should praise him and that we should be thankful and bless his name, which basically means to tell God how great he is. Here's the thing. Many of us start our prayers like this. Oh no, God, this is about to destroy me. Help me, help me, help me, help me, help me, help me, help me. Have you ever done that? I've done that before. It just comes, the, the, pray, the prayer is like, help, 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 okay? This is bad. Help, 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 help. And that's fine to pray sometimes, but you need to remember this. God is to be praised for who he is and all he is. And our prayers should start with thanksgiving and acknowledgement of who God is. All of the earth, everybody, everywhere, from China to Hartsville, is called to praise and worship God. Everyone, everywhere. Now, here's the thing. Have you ever been told, kids, have you ever been told to do something? And you ask the question, why? And you know what? Because I said so is a, is a good answer. Sometimes it suffices, but sometimes we need to give a little bit more, right, to explain. And here's what God does. Sometimes God just says in the scriptures when he doesn't give us all the stuff that we think we need to understand, he just, he just leaves it, and he's like, because I said so. But other times he gives us reasons, and thankfully this psalm gives us reasons why the whole earth, everyone on the face of the planet is supposed to worship God. Verse 3 says, know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. It is he who made us, and we are his. Have you noticed as parents that you never have to teach your kid how to say mine? Like, it just kind of, like, happens. I don't know if we say it a lot. I don't know if it's something inbred in them. I know we all have a sinful nature, so maybe that's where it comes from. But even kids as young as, I mean, even before they can talk, they know how to snatch. 
right? Okay. Mine, okay? My things. You ever been on this? You're playing a game, and you're, the game's not going. People are treating you unfairly. You're losing the game. And all of a sudden, you know that that is your ball that they're playing with, and so you know what you do? Mine. I am taking my ball, and I'm going home. All you losers can do something else. Peace. And you walk away. Why will you do that? Because it's yours. And if the game's not going, you're going, oh, take it, and it will be mine. We've done that before. Another thing, when we send the kids down, a lot of times they do an art and a craft. The church funds pay for all that stuff that is down there for the most part. We also have some awesome children's ministry people that put their money in there. But for the most part, the kids don't bring in their art supplies to church, and that's cool. The kids don't, they don't, that, that piece of paper is not theirs when they go and draw a picture. But you know when it becomes theirs? When they draw on it. And so how, how lame would it be if we were like, you can't have that? When they left, like when the kids came and they were like, hey, can I take, show my picture to my parents? Like, no, that's church property. We're going to keep the, the thing. First off, you'd be like, what's wrong with you guys, right? It become, it's theirs. Why? Because they made it, right? So it is now theirs. Yeah, the thing then. But here's, what, here's who God is. The Bible says, and Psalm 100 says, know that the Lord, the covenant name of God, the I am, the Yahweh name, that he is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. Why should the whole earth, this rapidly deflating earth right here, why is the whole earth supposed to come and praise God? Because it's his. He made it. He owns it. And I'm arguing here from the lesser to the greater. If we think a kid, because he made some picture, or she made some picture, belongs to them now, how much more is the God who made the greatest of great things, the universe, the galaxy, our earth, and, uh, and us, how much do we owe to him? It all belongs to him. You are not your own. God has a claim on your life. especially if you're his. But everybody, all of the earth is subject to him. That's why it's okay for us to call people to worship God everywhere because the one true God, the God who's revealed in the scriptures, is the one that everybody should worship, and he's the one who owns it all, and he's the one who can tell you what to do. You've probably said that before. Who are you to tell me what I'm supposed to do? And his answer is, I made you. You're mine. He has a claim on your life. That's why when you're in sin, it's so, it's so ravaging on your soul. It's because you know you were made for something else. You were made for more. You were made for him. You are made to obey him. You are made to love him and know him. He is God. Know that the Lord is God. All of the earth is God's. He has a claim on all of it. We're just borrowing it. It's his. Everything. You are his. You, he is God. No. Why should you worship? Because why should the whole earth worship God? Because he's God and he owns it. Then it says, now I got one more thing under here. And this is about to get fun. This is not a live animal. That would be great. Maybe the next, next family Sunday I'll bring a live animal. 
But it says this, verse 3, Know that the Lord, he is God. Put the earth over here for a minute. Know that the Lord, he is God. We, it is he who made us, and we are his people. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. This is a stuffed goat. I didn't have a stuffed sheep. This stuffed goat was a friend. It was a gift from, from our deacons, Roy and Sharon. There's a story that goes behind it. Come talk to me. I'll tell you the story. <laughs> I got this for Christmas. It's been sitting on the piano at my house. Um, and I didn't, have, I didn't have a sheep, so I brought a stuffed goat. Is that okay with everybody that I brought a stuffed goat? And I have a reason why I brought this, okay? Because I wanted something to be like a sheep, okay? I, for some reason, I had a whole bunch of beach ball globes. I know it's weird. I did have that in my house. And I didn't have a sheep, but I had a stuffed goat. So I want everybody to see my stuffed goat, okay? You like, his name's Billy, okay? Ha, um, ha, um, Billy here, the Bible says in Psalm 3, it says, Know the Lord, he is God. He owns it all. That's why he deserves the praise. It's he who made us, and we are his. Then it says, We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Now I know. Now listen, I had to do some research because you might be like me. I don't know a whole lot about livestock. You might know a lot about livestock. And if you do, God bless you, okay? You probably can make money selling livestock. I don't know much about livestock. I've not been around a lot of livestock. I'm a city boy. Yes, I live in the pseudo country now okay I live in you know we all kind of do all right but I don't know a whole lot about this but I will tell you this there is goats are not just male sheep sheep and goats are different species okay goats have 60 chromosomes sheep have 54 probably why they're dumber okay I don't know not a scientist all right <laughs> bear with me okay the pictures, if somebody takes pictures and puts them online, like, I'm never going to that church. He has a ball and a stuffed goat, but bear with me. So we got this goat. Goats are different than sheep because goats, they don't like a herd mentality. They will stay together, but they also like to be independent. Sheep, though, they like to be in a pasture, and they like to be together. In fact, sheep get real anxious when they get lost from the flock, according to the sheep goat website that I was on last night, Okay. All right, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Secondly, you need to know about this. Goats prefer, and you will see, you know this, they will prefer to eat anything but grass. They like to eat twigs, vinyl siding, cans, <laughs> whatever they can find. Sheep, they need soft grass in which to feed upon. Also, sheep, by nature, need someone to care for them. I guess they got less chromosomes, okay? They don't have... Uh, they don't have some of the, the abilities that the goats have. Goats like to go their own way, do their own thing. Sheep like to be in a pasture and to be cared for. Now, I brought this up for a reason, and I'm gonna set my I'm gonna set Billy right here. Just everybody keep an eye on Billy, because you need to you might get up and walk away. Here's the thing the Bible calls God's people sheep. In fact, it's a way, it's, it talks about in the Old Testament like that and in the New Testament, right? Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Then we also get to see in, the, in John chapter 10, Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And so this is a theme that goes throughout the whole entire Bible, and it culminates in Jesus. Jesus being the one who loves and cares for his people like a shepherd cares for his sheep. 
Now, this same Jesus in Matthew chapter 25, verse 31 through 36, says there, there's going to be a day when Jesus is going to come again, and he's going to judge the earth, and there's going to be a, there's going to be a break, okay? There's going to be, there's going to be, uh, there's going to be a judgment, and there's going to be sheep that go one way to eternal paradise, and goats that go another way that go down to eternal destruction. And here's the cool thing. God calls his people and protects his people with eternal life. And so that is who our God is. He calls people out of darkness, out of our rebellion, living like a goat, running, doing your own thing, eating what you want, to become sheep, to be his people. So here's the cool thing. Why do we worship God? Everything belongs to him, and he cares for us. In fact, if you go down and look in verse 5, it says, For the Lord is good, his steadfast love endures forever, his faithfulness to all generations. Let me give you this real quick. Why? What is, why should you worship God? Because he is good, and he is a shepherd, and he cares for his sheep. Everybody look at me. Kids, look at me. I want you to get this. The Bible says in Isaiah that all we, like sheep, have gone astray. Each one of us has turned to our own way. We've all sinned. We've all gone away from God. But God the Father, He, has laid upon Him, the Good Shepherd, the iniquity of us all, the sin of everybody. Every one of us has sinned and fallen short, but God in his loving kindness laid, laid our sins upon Jesus that all who would believe in Jesus would not perish but have everlasting life. And that is a reason to rejoice. All of the earth, including you and me, should praise God. And the only way we can rightly praise God and praise him as we ought is to by, by trusting his son Jesus, for he is good. By faith, we become the people, his, his sheep, the people of his pasture. And here's what happens. For God is good. His steadfast love endures forever. And his faithfulness to all generations. We see that most clearly in Jesus. Who, when he saves us, will shepherd us forever. So he's worthy of our worship. This is an alarm clock. It's pretty good. This is an alarm clock to awaken us to worship. So let's do this. Everybody, if you would, stand with me. Invite the worship team up. If you would, bow your heads in prayer. We're going to do this. I'm going to pray, and I need the offering team to come forward as well. We're going to pray. We're going to pass around the offering plate while we're standing. You can do that because you're, you're very intelligent, smart people who can do two things at once. And then we're going to sing to the Lord. So let's pray. God, you're good. Thank you for this time of worship. We pray, Lord. That, um, that we would be awakened to worship you. God, thank you for this time. We ask for your blessings in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, while I give Clint the tuning, uh, <laughs> the ability to tune, if at the end of the service you would like to order a Journey t-shirt, that we've had, um, we, we've already you already seen a bunch of them, but we're doing a reorder. Um, there they are. Hey, thank you guys in the back. If you want to do that, come see me, and we'll get you hooked up. All right, God bless you. Let's sing and worship together.
Give thanks to the Lord, our God and King. His love endures forever. For He is good, He is above all things. His love endures forever. Sing praise, sing praise. With a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, his love endures forever. For the life that's been reborn, His love endures forever. Sing praise, sing praise, sing praise, sing praise. Forever God is faithful, forever God is strong, forever God is with us, forever. The setting sun, His love endures forever. By the grace of God, we will carry on. His love endures forever. Sing praise, sing praise, sing praise. God. 
is faithful, forever God is strong. Forever God is with us, forever, forever, forever. Thank you so much, guys. You are dismissed.